Welcome to Hobbit Hoopla. Hoopla! Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of Middle Earth. The greatest podcast ever to talk about Lord of the Rings. I think, in my opinion. Okay, well. There's no better Lord of the Rings podcast out there, and I challenge anybody (laughs) to prove me wrong. We're here again for the third week in a row to talk about the wonderful Lord of the Rings movies, closing it out this week with The Return of the King. Debatably, (gasps) the greatest Lord of the Rings movie ever made, and also debatably, the greatest movie ever made. It's possible. Some people people are out there saying it's the best movie ever made. Are those people me? Maybe. We'll talk about (laughs) it. Oh, a little bit of tease. Joining me, as always, for this wonderful Hobbit Hoopla adventure is the lore master, Andy Smith. Hey, Jamie. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things, DC, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and I will say that Lord of the Rings is my second favorite movie of all time. Oh, my God. Right behind? Well. Another return. Return (laughs) of the Jedi, Star Wars. But... Also followed mm. by Last Samurai. I just happen to love Last Samurai, okay? But yes, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King is my second favorite movie, and I'm so excited to talk about it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Is that the Tell Tom you, Cruise I can't wait. Last Samurai? It, it is. Oh, it wow. Is. I've never seen it. Ah. <laughs> Good thing we're going to be reviewing it in about three weeks. <laughs> That's right, oh, everybody. Tune in. Uh, let's say October 4th for the, our okay. Last Samurai Hoopla. Okay. okay, okay, um, okay. Of course, it's not just going to be me and Andy. You guys can already see and hear the other people joining us. It's the master <laughs> of all things Middle Earth, the historian of the elves, Chris Pio. Historian of the elves. What a title. Wow, that is oh. cool. I, I mean, Elrond? elves live a long time. So to be the historian of the elves is just a monumental achievement. Uh, Chris <laughs> Pio here, a, a historian of the elves, happy to be talking about what possibly is the greatest movie ever made? Well, well, maybe Some I'll talk my way that. into it. Maybe I'll talk That's my way nuts. out of already believing that. But uh, excited to be here talking about the completion of the trilogy and one of the finest trilogies it is. Indeed. And joining us to fulfill his oath. Yes. Charged Ooh. to him decades ago. What say to you? Join a podcast <laughs> to talk about movies. <laughs> the ghost of Jake Laxer is joining Ooh. us. Here's a fun ghostly fact for you. There are as many Oscars won in this film as there are decades in Bilbo's birthday. How's that? <laughs> How how fun wow. of a fact wow. is that from the grave? That's, fun. That's very fun. Flavorful, Ooh. informative. Wow. Ooh. 11 Oscars. Yeah. Jake Lacks, a lover of all things TV and <laughs> movies. How's that for a fact when I just pulled up IMDb? Uh, yeah, pulled that one up on the fly and it worked out just perfectly. Kind of like how this podcast works. So we're going to keep on crushing and we're going to keep on cruising. <laughs> Riding on the you back of the it. elephant, Jake comes in <laughs> to start the podcast. Damn right. Hell yeah. Keep up that energy for the whole podcast, please, Jake, because we need fun facts left and right. Because mm. we're going to talk about all the greatest parts of this movie. Um, so thank you all for tuning in for this episode of the Hoopla Podcast. You can follow us on all of the social medias where you can check out fun little clips and everything. Uh, Chris, where can they do that? 
If you want to stay up to date, catch touch up on all of our latest releases and join the discourse, you can go ahead and follow us at Hoopla Podcasts on X, Instagram, and TikTok. Definitely follow us over there on the TikTok. We've got some fun new video ideas for you guys, as well as clips from the show. So be sure to follow us at Hoopla Podcasts on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Indeed. And cheers to you, my friend Andy. What do you have to drink there, buddy? Oh. Uh, well, I have uh, uh, the official White Wizard Hoopla Podcast uh, mug here. So if you want a cold beverage here in the cold weather outside, go to hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site. And as you're uh, drinking to our White Wizard, he'll turn up there with you. <laughs> I feel like I like, like Pippin or Mary in that now, moment. Andrew, yeah. if I could get a, Ooh, a little bit better a little, of a visual uh, there, I, I think uh, that is that Gandalf turned upside down. Uh, he is because as you're turning the mug upside down, you get to see his full face, the White Wizard himself. That you know heroically took Pippin uh, out on the horse and fended off the Nazgul all alone, saving one of my favorite characters, Faramir, from a uh, certain doom. I, I was more looking for oh. you to just kind of advertise the the, the foam, oh. the head oh. of the beer. Oh, okay. Being well, the beer. I, I poured, well, I poured it about it. 20 Let's minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were trying to like take me right into some of the best Gandalf scenes. Go, Jamie. Let's get right into some of the best Gandalf scenes and some of the best scenes with all of our other wonderful heroes going Wait, out to who save. Are you? So we're going to talk about the whole Earth. movie, the best scenes? Yeah. That's okay, yeah, great. We're going to talk for the next four and a half hours <laughs> oh, great. about all of the best parts, which is every single and second of this play. movie. <laughs> we got Frodo and Sam finishing their journey mm. through Mordor to Mount Doom. We've got Gandalf doing incredible Gandalf things all over the place. And we've got Aragorn building an army with his pals Legolas and Gimli. They also go on a little side quest to get ghosts this movie has everything you could ever want and more and i'm gonna i was teasing at the beginning is the best movie ever made i think it might be the best movie ever made i, I was it like might a, be the best movie ever made an hour and a <laughs> it's half definitely into this one movie, of the best movies ever made. and i was like this movie is already perfect and i still have three more hours mm. of incredible movie to watch and i loved every gosh darn second of it right my God, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 71 out of 71 hoopla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hoopla. Okay. So four perfect scores. We should just yeah. kind of end the podcast yeah, right end, here. End, I mean, end, you end it with 71 and then you move yeah. on. Exactly. <laughs> hey, that would make we sense. Of, the best. of course, everybody uh, knows the best part of the whole movie is Legolas surfing down the trunk of an Oliphant after taking it down <laughs> single-handedly. Yo, that shit was tight. Incredible. That still only counts as one. Oh, mm -hmm. great. Awesome stuff. Best line in uh, any That's movie. a great man. That's a great I, line. I, I, I know we got lots to talk about, but right off the bat, I think, Jamie, that, that you highlighted one of the most important parts of this movie and that it still retains a lot of the charm from the first and second films. This is inevitably the darkest of the three films, not only because half of the characters spend most of the time in dark corners and corridors and, you know, trapped and in danger, billowing smoke coming from the east yes it's very dark but that's a very funny part 
there's tiny little bits of charm before the battles. They have the drinking battle between Gimli and Legolas, where Legolas That's barely great. starts to feel anything. And, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. and there's I'm just starting so... to feel something in my finger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A tingling sensation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even the Sam and Frodo story, there's there's so much, so much, so much charm between the two, mostly coming from Sam's side because Frodo's kind of a a bit of a zombie in this particular film uh, for good reason. And, and they explain heroic that very zombie. well. A heroic mm-hmm. zombie. And, and of course mm-hmm. it's all, you know, part of the way that he gets turned against Sam by Smeagol, but the, even Smeagol, even the Andy circus scenes, like when he's talking to himself in the pond water at the very beginning of the film, mm. and it's, we don't like stats, do we? No, yeah. we don't. So it's just, yeah. it's just riddled with so much of the original childlike fantasy that Tolkien's writing was, was used to. But at the same time, along with that, uh, Chris, there's a grandness and epicness to, oh, yeah. along with those smaller moments, just how do you, after Two Towers, with one of the best battle sequences I think we've seen, uh, and, and, you know, to date, I mean, if it was 2002, in cinema, in terms of, like, actual battle sequences where you see the armies fight over a 30-minute period, yeah. that was epic. But then mm, how, do absolutely. You, how, how do you crescendo that into something that, that works and isn't just oh, it's a kind of a remake of, of Helm's Deep. And the Battle of Pelennor Fields with the the uh, the armies of Mordor moving in on this desperate city that's going up in smoke, but then you finally get Rohan to come in mm. and start winning the battle, but then it extends by then having other armies come in and like right. it just such an epic moment. Mm. Um and then also towards the end of the movie with with uh, the full men against Mordor themselves, like there's there's small moments, there's epic moments, there's uh, moments you kind of want to cry, you know, like you would oh, there's no wanting like to for cry for four and a half you, hours, dude, just wanting to it's, cry. It's a, yeah. I, I, I would <laughs> say emotionally draining. That movie is emotionally <laughs> draining, but also inspiring because like there's so many. Once again, inspirational, heroic moments by every character. And I think that's mm. why it's my favorite or second favorite movie of all time. Maybe Ooh, the throne room sequence. We almost got him. Maybe I, I do it's like so it more close. than the throne room sequence. And we'll Return of the that Jedi. for the end. Return of the Jedi. Uh, Jake, how many times did you cry while watching this movie? Uh, I, I once because I just could not stop crying. It was just so good. <laughs> so it was one sustained cry. Yeah. It's like I, was, a, I was pretty dehydrated after the film, to be honest. It's like a, does yeah, a straw have one drip as he was two. watching. Yeah. Are you crying one time or many times if you just cried all the time? Yeah, uh, honestly, it's just such a such a brilliant masterpiece. The the culmination of all the Lord of the Rings into this one film. Uh, I, the, also, you know, I think I was, something that my mind was just drifting to is, and this sort of speaks beyond just the singular film, but this is, in my opinion, the best trilogy in all of Hollywood. In terms of three consecutive films that there was no, there was never a point throughout the three movies, which I felt like there was one that was undervalued. There was one that didn't quite meet the same level of the other films. It was just constant, brilliant directing, storytelling, uh, 
choreography, character development. I mean, everything about the Lord of the Rings is outstanding. And why not end it with a fucking banger <laughs> like Lord of the Rings Return of the King? Wow. I mean, absolutely. This yeah, movie is just... Yeah. It just uh, it's icing on the cake, and then there's fireworks, and then like you know, oh my uh, god, fireworks you burn your tongue. This movie's so good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I would set myself on fire and jump off a building. That's how much I love this movie. <laughs> I think you understood that scene wrong. I don't think he was happy when he did that. <laughs> I... Jake as Denethor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And here passes Jake Laxer. <laughs> That's the ghost you were introducing me as earlier, Jake as Denethor. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah. have some big Denethor energy, Jake. I've always yeah, said that about you. Big, big Denethor vibe. <laughs> I've seen you eat cherry tomatoes and eating berries. It, it, it is similar. Yeah. Uh, and there's no, always I, a little boy singing next to you. Where do you yeah. find those boys that sing while you eat? That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Who is behind? I love that song. Well, who doesn't? Oh, it's so it's oh a beautiful God. song. We need to be doing this podcast. Everyone loves this movie. What oh, are we going to oh, say that hasn't been let's said? Talk, let's talk about Mary and Pippin in this movie. Because yeah, sure. this yeah. is the movie where the two of them really shine. They mm -hmm. were more or less just kind of along for the ride for the first mm -hmm. movie. You know, they were captured at the end of the first movie, and they, so they were just kind of like uh, the goal. Literally that... along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli then had to go, you know, find them, and the plot just kind of they were the plot device to get those, you know, yeah. Aragorn, mm -hmm. exactly. Gimli. Mm -hmm. off but now, in this, the as the story comes to a close, Merry and Pippin have now come into their own as heroes, and both in their own way fight to save. Middle Earth and fight to save their friends. We have, mm -hmm. and that was going to be the point where I can never remember which is which. But, uh, Pippin? People say that, but I don't know. They're very distinctive faces, right? <laughs> yes, they're both short. Yeah, uh, no. they're, they're I mean, short. And okay, they, they look like I they could no be cousins. I don't know. I can do it you mean when the twins? I'm watching the movies, but yeah. <laughs> And like recalling scenes, but like if you put two actor photos right next to each other, I'd yeah. be like, no way. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. one's Dominic? I know, which one's I know Billy? The, I have which no character idea. is which? I just don't know which name is which. But right, um, sure, mm, sure. The one who was Pettigrin. singing the beautiful song as he goes to save Faramir from getting uh, burnt alive uh, heroically. Yeah, yeah that was amazing. The other one who joins in on the fight. That's Pippin. This other one is Mary. <laughs> I'll just help you right the now. The other one, Yo, the short guy. Who joins of with the moment. Eowyn in the fight and fights heroically by her side, saving people's lives, stabbing some orcs, doing mm. all that stuff. Um, that. Two incredible character arcs, individual and recognizable mm -hmm. character arcs Absolutely. from Mary yeah. and or Pippin. Incredible. With a lot of deleted content. I mean, mm. even in the theatrical releases, you see a much bigger intervention from those two hobbits. But in the extended mm. edition, not only do you get the entire introduction scene, the six minutes of talking to Saruman on the top of uh, Barad yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love it, that intro scene. Or thank, or thank, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and that's such a phenomenal scene. The company rolls up on two hobbits in a flooded area. And if you're not watching the extended scene, you miss, again, some of that charm, but also a very important Definitely. scene with Saruman. How is 
mm. the theatrical release, how is Saruman defeated? Where is mm. he? What, what happens? So and, and the and also that one of the other best lines by Gimli, and they're smoking the pipe weed or whatever it was. <laughs> and oh no, he's one like and they're lines, and they're, he says and they're smoking. And that's I'm pretty sure that line was what they based all of the Hobbit movies off of. They're like, Definitely. we just need a bunch of Gimli's running around. And the <laughs> salted pork is particularly good. <laughs> just I, good stuff. I love that that uh, Saruman scene became like a total meme across the internet with the trolling. If you guys know what I'm talking about, <laughs> that's one of the best YouTube videos of like 2005 or whatever. Oh, way back. Oh, yeah, way back when. We have uh, Saruman on the top, top the, the the building. He goes, la 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 And then Gimli's like, take him out. I've heard enough. So actually, fun fact about that, uh, that uh, Christopher Lee uh, scene when he's up on the top of Orthanc, they in the script, when he gets stabbed, the I I don't know who asked him, but uh, they said, "Okay, what sound are you going to make for when you get stabbed? And he said, oh, I know that because Christopher Lee has a past apparently in some sort of secret service mi6 like organization in the uk and he said Ooh, he knows he, he knows uh what it sounds like to get stabbed in the back so that is the sound that he made um also another fun hey. fact his cousin is ian fleming who's the author of james bond and some say that ian fleming was partially writing james bond about his cousin christopher lee fact check me jake laxer let me know no, oh my yeah i'll God. just give you the fact you can just take it and run with it How but about that? i'll tell you this another fun christopher lee fact for you this man was so committed to lord of the rings he would take any role but he watched it every single year of his life he would have a rewatch of lord of the rings oh. and so or he would read it. Excuse read, me. Read, but he is a wizard. He is a wizard, so anything's possible. He wanted to True. be Gandalf for sure. Yeah. yeah also, yeah, yeah, yeah. if we're just doing fun Christopher Lee facts, he knew Tolkien. He was friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. Why? That's great. I did not know that. He had discussed Tolkien said that he wanted Christopher Lee to play Gandalf in the movies. Mm. Unfortunately, wow. he was too evil looking, I guess. But going back <laughs> to the actual movie, what did you guys think about the change there in the in the extended versions rather than really in the theatrical uh Gandalf says uh he's at the uh, he's no power here anymore and he looks around and he stays in 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 Orthanc. Did you li- like it it was fun like seeing that sequence. I get maybe why they took it out for like time. It's pretty long, but um it, what do you guys I think? I love that scene. I yeah. mean I'm an extended yeah. uh, 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 aficionado, enjoyer, whatever you want to call <laughs> uh, it. Extended I, aficionado. <laughs> I like long things. <laughs> no, an extended version of aficionado. I enjoy them more, even if just you know introducing them to someone. But I, I think taking that scene, it's six and a half minutes out of the theatrical mm-hmm. release was, was a travesty. There's one other scene I want to talk about later on that is truly, truly a travesty for being deleted. Hmm. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Oh, are um, you? Uh, what do you, what are do you, you think, a, Jake? Are you a Zack Snyder four-hour uh, Justice League fan? 
I only Exposure. like the. That's I'm only an aficionado into... of good extended films. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. the yeah. extended version of the, of the Justice League is better. Anyways, uh, over here. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about this movie because we still have a lot to talk about. And I want to ask a question to you, the extended aficionado, Christopher Hyo, oh. cousin of Christopher Lee. Right? Is that how names work? Uh, that I don't is, know. That is absolutely um, how my first I, names work. I, yeah. I hope Last that's true. episode, you discussed how you. You thought um, the Sam and Frodo scenes oh, were, mm. to quote you, I know it boring as fuck and a waste of time. I knew this was coming. All right, let's How hear it. How do you feel about it. the Sam and Frodo story in this movie? Picture this, right? Mm. Such a great movie. Start to finish. <laughs> Everything is so awesome. Wait, where where are my notes on this? Oh, oh no. No. I, oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> he prepared. Oh no. <laughs> this man lost his he notes. I'll I'll talk about Sam and Frodo because where as I said notes? last week, an incredible storyline. We get to see yeah. in the in the second movie, The Two Towers, we get to see the decline of Frodo as the ring Found begins it. to take his power as we start to get some inklings of infighting and that beautiful friendship that we have between Sam and Frodo, the greatest friendship in all of Middle-earth. And now as we approach the end of their journey, as they get to Mordor, as they're making their way to Mount Doom, the ring has fully taken over Frodo. He's like 90% gone. The only 10% he has left is that pure Frodo goodness, power of will, keeping him going. And the other 90% of his ability is coming from his friend, Sam, who no matter mm. what is there for him. I know I can't carry that ring, but I can carry I can you, carry Mr. You. Frodo. Except that time he I cried. I cried at that point. Jake, did you uh, cry at that point? I was, I, I, I was crying for three hours at that point. I mean. Four and a half. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I found my notes on this, and... I'm doubling down. Oh, Think about this: the Battle no. of Minas Tirith. It's 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 the White City. It's it's the fields of Pelennor. It's everything. Gandalf is out there just whipping his staff, whipping his sword like he's a freaking twenty-five year old ninja out here. What? Continue. <laughs> Pippin comes out of nowhere and sees Gandalf's in trouble. Saves Gandalf with a sword stab right oh, through Urukai's chest. Yes, Pippin is with Gandalf. Yes. Oh, <laughs> do, you, do you want me to? Do, do you need a corresponding Mary scene? The battle is waging. It's hot. It's heated at Minas Tirith. They can't break through the front gate. But then, <laughs> grand, grand. Grand, and they bring the wolf head up to to blow through the front gate. That's a pretty so wild cool. scene. Yeah. Great mm. special effects. Very, 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 very cool to see. And then Gimli, with the company of of Aragorn and Legolas, they they've just been through Dial Dimehold, whatever. What's it called? Dime. The mountain. Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. They just went <laughs> through Diagon Alley. Oh. Yes, they got their owls. They got their wands from Olivander. Uh, no, it, it's after the. Uh, it's after they it's go like through Darren the mountain. Or something. Yeah. It's like Diamhold or something. They've already gone through. <laughs> they've they've gotten the army, and they're just sitting there. That's more of that little charm, the little humor. They're just sitting as the ships go by, yeah. and they say, "You cannot go any further." And then Gimli messes up Legolas's yeah, warning shot, it. 
It's yeah. it's so great. And then there's a huge charge of this ghost army, the army of traitors. And then they take the ships and then, oh, this is a whole cool battle. And then Frodo's walking into a cave. Wonder if there's any danger in there. Wow. That's your Boo. response? I, when he's walking into Shelob's oh, cave? It's sticky. That's terrifying. That's the most terrifying moment in Lord of the Rings. Look, I'm not saying that it's not good that's cinema. thrilling you're, you're missing the point you're missing the point i'm not saying it's not so it's bad good. editing is what it's you're not saying. bad editing no no it is boring by comparison it is the least favorable part of the trilogy Holy it is just shit. now things get more exciting obviously the shibboleth fight is, is very very cool the fact that they uh they get captured and they have to work their way out of that orc tower also very cool but it's just so much of the mopey <laughs> zombiness brings down the entire miasma of the film it's just all this cool kingly stuff this battle this this uh no. i mean i mean, I mean you are a fool courage good thing good thing courage. movies are subjective. courage 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 and then <laughs> it's sticky Smeagol, uh, what do I do? Fool of Apollo. Oh, no. That <laughs> serves. That dramatic difference between the intense uh, fight at Minas Tirith mm, and the secret Because mm, that's where the truth is. Again, because I it reminds you that this fight is not just the battle that's going on. Yes. There is a bigger there's fight a macro, that needs to be happening. A that is the reason that he alone with Sam took the ring. It had to be a small covert operation. I understand all that. I understand the thematic differences. But you asked me, and I'm doubling down, it is the most boring part of the trilogy. Uh, wait, wait I'm that part you're saying is the most boring of the of the film? Or are you just saying that, like... Oh, we're talking about the film. The film. Return of the King. Like, right and you're also but... talking about grander, a part of the trilogy. It's just yeah, that Sam and Frodo's I'm sorry. And that's, it's, no, it's, I mean, subjectively, it is, it is the least interesting. I'm not saying it's not good yeah. or important. It's mm. the least interesting. And... I... If we're still picking storylines in this film that we could just toss out the window, uh, it's going to oh. be Den the Denethor story for, for me, for sure. Uh, if we have oh. to pick one, because quite honestly, whatever. Uh, in regards to you know actual importance of I the things I think I might have to leave this proceeding. podcast group. <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of importance if you take... If you take the rising action of the battle scenes and reaching the climactic point at which you just need to take a pause from everything, mm. you perfectly transition over to the chaotic, frenzied, uh, ominous situation that Sam and Frodo are now having to go through while climbing through Shelob's lair. I mean, that's just terrifying in of itself. Oh, it's so scary. And and it's also kind of a a breath of fresh air for the viewer. So mm. to to if we That's constantly true. just had rising action, this would be like Adam Sandler's uncut gems. It would just not be enjoyable <laughs> to watch. It would just be constantly stressful, uh, and just the entertainment would be what it is because you're allowed to breathe because you're allowed to digest the battle scenes between. I mean, do I need to list all the things off? Ghouls, elves. Dwarfs, uh, orcs, uh, ghosts, magic rings, dragons. Like you need, you need to take a breath from giant that beacons. And get, and giant. <laughs> you need to take a breath from that from the from the giant war elephants, and you know, yeah. just end up in a lair where it's just 
two guys getting stuck in a web. You know, I, I, I do that? think I, I do think well that said, is Jake. very well said. <laughs> Thank and, you. And I would agree. I mean, I think that um, this movie, what it, this movie does really well is has the three different plot lines happening at the simultaneously. But for four and a half hours, that is really difficult to edit together and make oh, yeah. it feel natural in terms of transitions and cuts mm-hmm. and and so much is happening but you always know what's happening what's going on in the other storylines so they're really gripping and like there's like clear milestones in terms of where the story's trying to get to um so having you know Aragorn and Rohan uh you know mustering the troops and the army mm-hmm. and then the 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 undead and then you have all the stuff we learn about in Minas Tirith, I think that actually might be my favorite part of the storyline, which is Gandalf getting with Pippin, getting to Minas Tirith, and to the point of realizing Denethor is not going to act, and we're going to light the beacons. And I'm just, can I make a quick cut to my favorite? I'm going to, now I'm going to say my favorite scene in the Lord of the Rings trilogy is the beacons being lit. Yeah, that's oh just it's so beautiful. Epic. epic. The music. Epic. The music oh, is so wonderful. Oh wow. And, and, and it's heroic. And it and when it ends up with uh 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 Aragorn say the beacons are lit, the beacons are lit. Like it's just Gondor uh, calls for eight. Mm. And Rohan will answer. Like that oh, is such geez. an epic moment, and it's just so medieval. Right, it's like hitting mm. in historic vibes, fantasy vibes. Anyways, I love that. Also, it's just beautiful how they how they got these shots without drones. You know, they're oh, they're yeah. taking helicopters. I'm assuming uh, over top of these just beautiful. And I'm gonna go to New Zealand just to see that mountain range. Okay, can't I, wait. One oh day, my god! Like Ooh, uh, we'll all be there with you. A hoopla uh, trip to New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> Let's and come go. with us. Come with us. Uh, Everyone's invited. Uh, if you subscribe to us on Patreon, which we don't have, we'll bring you <laughs> to New Zealand with us. I do. <laughs> or meet you there. That's the level three tier. It costs $20. <laughs> yeah, $20. What a deal. One time fee. Um, <laughs> Jake, I do have to tell you that you're a dumb idiot for thinking the Dennis, Denethor storyline should have been cut or could oh. have been cut. Um, because obviously you're a fool for thinking that Denethor serves as showing us what the men what humans can, can fall into yeah. being. We have this uh, fight mm. that's a very clear good versus evil fight for the majority of the Lord of the Rings. We have Mount Doom, so clearly evil. We have Sauron and his army of evil, evil, evil fighting against the men and the elves and dwarves who are good, you know? These are the good guys. And we need to have something to show us that there is not purely good in men. There is yeah. an opportunity for the men to fall into this evil. There is a, a gray area between the good Finality. of men and the badness of Sauron. Mm. And we see what happens if you stop fighting for what you need. If you stop fighting for the freedom of people, for the safety of your town, and if you give in to any sort of any any amount of evil if you let that into yourself you lose the ability you lose the you lose what makes you men and what you're fighting for and we see that through denethor and without it it's just purely good versus purely evil and that's not an interesting story perhaps my qualm with it is the fact that because he's so arrogant 
Oh, yeah. Oh, that's very nice. That's very nice. I think that's well because said. Because Denethor's so arrogant and egocentric, I think I have difficulty as like a as a, a viewer, and maybe this is just the character being in of itself who he is. But I've I've difficulty tr- like flocking to that and and relating to it, and and then like wanting to view and watch that corruption hmm. sort of unfold. I think if perhaps he was a little bit. Uh, like more mild and yeah, yeah, a little bit more tame towards his second son, then maybe I could be about about uh, what he is. But because he's such a dick, I, I can't. Buy, it's hard for me to buy in. It's, it's like really hard, yeah. honestly hard for me to buy in. I, I I'm going to take a half measure and kind of agree with both of you. I, I think Jake's right in the sense that Denethor's storylines go on far too long and show mm. too much of the evil of man. I yeah, maybe that's course. why they cut it from the. Like the, the theatrical guy, <laughs> I, right? That's, that's actually a good point. So, so I think Jake is definitely right that they they did they should have chopped it up maybe more even in the theatrical point, uh, showing the 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 progression of how much he really hates Faramir to the right. point where he would burn him alive while also dousing himself in oil. It seems a little zealot like yeah. it seems far too far gone when you've already shown that men are evil in, in right. such a great and tame yep. and a relatable almost way but then it, he's i mean he literally falls off of the top of Midas Tirith while on fire after trying to burn his own son it, it leaves it also leaves some weird room where like Gandalf is the only leader on the battlefield at Minas Tirith yeah, and yeah. yet Pippin is just able to kind of roll down there and be like brother you gotta come help there's a guy being burned alive that part could maybe have just been cut entirely and maybe the Mm. denethor storyline would have made a lot more sense being more tame Mm -hmm. than what it was so i kind of agree with both of you yeah honestly that's kind of interesting a point with gandalf i know i'm just like honing in on that one that one moment chris because gandalf now is the de facto leader of gondor in this moment because denethor is so self-consumed and so and and it makes sense like he he clear and they didn't have this in the the theatrical right all the 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 build-up with boromir and when Mm -hmm. he knows that boromir is dead then he just degrades as a as a man as a father and he mm-hmm. almost blames Faramir As in different ways. Would. Uh, and mm-hmm. right. but, but with Faramir going out with all of the leaders of of Minas Tirith, yeah. and they all get killed off. Oof. Then you have the the white wizard there who's just going back and forth across the line, getting the troops to stand their ground. Then he's going back up to see Denethor, then back down again. That that happens a few times. Yeah. But that, that is kind of interesting. Like they don't show I mean, they're alluding to that there's no leadership left. Um, but I wonder, right. is that was that the case? Were there other, I don't know, captains of the guard that are there? It, se- it seemed like, no, this is an abandoned city with an army, but yeah. an abandoned city because leadership, they're so self-consumed, they're, they're hiding away, and he would rather kill himself and his son and the rest of the people at the top uh, mm-hmm. than go and try and help and fight their way out. Maybe... If when Gandalf whacks Denethor up the head, I, I like that. Whacks him in the yeah. back, also. If that had been the end of Denethor in the movie, perhaps that storyline would have come to a perfect little ending right there. Faramir still comes back, 
on the horse and he lives and everything. But maybe the whole burning yeah. pyre scene was unnecessary. I don't know. I, yeah, I know let, it's important, but let Denethor redeem himself after that. Oh, oh he, he well, yeah. oh. Yeah. oh, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, may, maybe. That's a take. That's a take. That's a take. I I, I, I noodle on that one. If I could see some, (laughs) (laughs) if I could see just some a little bit of neutralization of Denethor, then I'm. Well, I mean, they kind of have that at the. I mean, Gandalf says he'll remember in the end, Faramir, that he loves this. He loves you, Uh, and then he looks and sees that yes, Faramir is alive, and that's his ending. I I kind of I like that as a conclusion to his storyline to see there was some humanity left in him but at the same time he was too far gone for it to be the leader of gondor i want to say there was a moment where denethor looks at faramir on the pile of sticks and his eye does twitch yeah I want to say mm-hmm. there is a He's moment. so delusional. It, he's yeah. so, like, at least that's what He there. just ignores, he, yeah, he ignores it entirely. So, I... yeah, maybe we can write some hoopla fanfic where Denethor doesn't jump to his death, but instead he is redeemed. Look for that that's, in your that favorite be... bookstore. Ooh, I know October we like to. Fifth. I know we like to rewrite TVs. I, I'm, not rewri- I'm not rewriting any Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we, we dare not touch this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, perfect these are the, the sacred texts. <laughs> this is the sacred texts. One thing uh, I think gets lost a lot is not only is there a scene that was deleted from the theatrical called The Decline of Gondor. After his failed meeting with Denethor, Gandalf tells Pippin the history of Gondor. That's kind of the first thing right when they get there before any battle has started. But then... Later that night, mm. once the smoke starts billowing out of the east, and that that was, that's scene, cool. Yeah, that one is left in the theatrical where Gandalf is explaining to Pippin, as, Oh, it's it's too late to leave now, help will have yeah. to come to us. That's such a cool scene, mm. and I think it's definitely the turning point of the film. Obviously, we understand that there's been a danger brewing for a long, long time. But one of my favorite things that Gandalf says in the deleted scene that you only see in the extended, he says. Uh, something about once the shadow of Mordor reaches us. Mm-hmm. He's talking oh. about putting the smoke over to block yeah. out the sun so the orcs can Arson move much through. freer. Yeah. Uh, shadow of Mordor, Jake, you got oh, your yeah. eyes I was perked up. Say, there you go. Are, do you mean he was referring to the video game? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Gandalf um, is a huge gamer, dude. Totally. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that. I appreciate that, though, Chris. Like, they they don't explain, don't, don't give that context during you know in the theatrical mm-hmm. but but that's such an important uh mechanism of sauron's right. power right he can he can create these uh demonized elves right that become orcs and he can have thousands and thousands of them but they can't move under the night that's why saruman was so powerful because he was able to you know, get the Urukai able to right. travel during the day. And they don't actually mention it, but then when after you see that scene and you actually see all of the Osgiliath scenes, there's just a looming storm over top. But it yeah. even uh highlights when Sam and Frodo are on the in the at the base of the mountain uh, of Mount Doom and they can see even there's light here, Mister Frodo. He can yes. see through that storm, that evil cloud, and he sees the 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 the, the starlight. That's yeah. there's so many connecting points of this move of the these three movies that 
I just I love it. It's we'll it's take the well, Sam and Frodo back to the beginning. Well written. It's at the beginning of the film. He says Sam wakes up and says, "I've gone and slept too long. It must be almost nightfall by now." And and Frodo says, "It's not even midday. Yeah. It's just that the days are darker now." Which and it's you get that whole light dark symbolism. Obviously, is a trope that's been done many times before, many times since. But in this movie, it really just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And speaking mm-hmm. of Sam and Frodo. One of the first, maybe the first, maybe the twelfth time I cried during this movie was when Sam got sent home by oh. Frodo, as Frodo is corrupted by Gollum. Yeah, that's kinda, it's interesting. Convinced that Sam is going to steal mm. his ring from him, which of course Sam would never do. And Sam is holding it for safekeeping. I know, <laughs> but devastating. At the, same, at the same point, Frodo, I, I think you know. Over the years, people always say Sam is the hero, right? And i that's true. Sam is a major hero. But Frodo is the only creature that could have resisted over this mm-hmm. journey, the ring. And even for the, what, six hours or whatever it may be that, that Sam has has the ring and, and he's passing it over and it connects to him. Yeah. Think of the, how many, what, 13 months since the time that, Frodo left the Shire and and made it back home. Sam wouldn't have made it. Pippin and Mary, they wouldn't Absolutely have made not. it. The men wouldn't have made it. Um, I mean, Pippin wouldn't have made it to Bree. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mary and Pippin would have lost it at Bree and gave God to get got some uh, some pipe weed and, and ale. Um, <laughs> they would have traded it. Just traded the <laughs> ring for a barrel for of pipe weed. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I think the. Frodo still hero of the story, but at the same time, yeah, it's really interesting that, you know, he's going to take it and who knows, like if, if something would have happened, it could, the story could have gone much differently based on, you know, the power that the, uh, the hobbits have against the, the power of the ring. Right. Yeah. Two incredibly also, strong characters, Sam and Frodo, both absolutely need each other for the adventure. We need Frodo's strength and determination against the power of the ring and we need Sam's undying unfaltering love for Frodo um, to make this journey possible. And they get to wear cute little costumes and dress up like little orkies, which is adorable. Yeah, that is, that is fun. I, one thing I do also really enjoy about the ending of this, of this trilogy is it starts exact, it ends exact, exactly how it begins. Yeah. So we have the same exact shot of a seal door being finally manipulated by the ring. Same exact emotion. Yeah, yeah. With Elijah Wood he does uh, really well about there. to drop, you know, the ring over Mount Doom. And it's the, just the poetry to it all is just marvelous. I I think something similar they also do is in that initial shot of Smeagol, uh, and what's his brother's name? Beagle or Deagle? Deagle. Deagle. Hey, Deagle. His cousin Deagle. Eagle. Deagle. Seagull. Yeah. 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 I, literally the same exact choking scene is yeah. what Frodo does to Smeagol when he's outside. She loves Lair, and the, the parallels. Yeah, the parallels are are just marvelous to watch. Oh, that opening scene! By the way, we 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 skipped over that that opening for uh, his storyline, Smeagol's storyline. That's just incredible. Also, mm. Andy Serkis yeah. dressed up as you know yeah. him in a costume as a I don't know a Hobbit like creature. 
Well, what did you guys think? How, is that what you expected? Could you for seeing it? Could you do that today? Would that be? I mean, I'm not talking about like problematic stuff. There are plenty of problematic new age things about this film that could definitely be fixed. Not that they would ever reboot or remake it. If you ever touch it again, anyone out there in Hollywood who's definitely listening to our podcast, don't touch this at all. Oh, they're <laughs> definitely not in the cool TV series. They're about not in it. development can, yeah. of, of, uh, of a new Warner brothers uh, trilogy. That's definitely not oh, happening God. in 2029. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe. No, don't, 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 don't. You know what? I'm so infuriated by you saying that. I I'm forgot sorry. my point. If it's bad, it's okay. stab me in the face <laughs> no, like no, a no, Nazgul. No, no, I... <laughs> <laughs> the witch king. Oh, yeah. Miranda <laughs> Otto. I wonder how many takes yeah. she did for that because it's just <laughs> That's one of the funny. most iconic stabbings of all time. Yeah, um, it no, really it, is. The opening scene, I mean, think about it. You've, you've got you know a decent amount of, of war and violence in the films, but at the end of the day, it's all fantastical and it's not like there's lots of gore in these films. So you could potentially take uh, not a child, but you know, a, a definitely maybe you know, 12 years old. Was it PG 13 when it came out in theaters? Yeah. Somewhere around there. But to take your 13 year old to two towers and then a couple years later, try to take them again oh. and see this opening scene where a brand new character kind of is just forcibly choking out another life in yeah. the first five minutes. I, I I don't know if you could really handle that the same way these days. Sure, you could. I mean, you never all over the place. Well, I would say, Chris, it it definitely is very effective. Like the sound, the the sound quality um, of those final moments of Deagle are just just heart wrenching. The ding, ding, and then he goes silent, and then it immediately goes into this is what Gollum has become. He says. They call us murderer. And I'm like, you literally <laughs> murdered him. <laughs> like, of course they no. did. No, he took back his birthday present. It's, that's it's true. Valid. It was it's, his birthday, Deagle. That's true, yeah. <laughs> the sheer absence of remorse, though, is what is mm. really intriguing to me for, like, the development of Gollum in that moment. Yeah. It, like, it's it's just perfect for, for who the character is. Jake, say sheer absence of remorse again. That is... Sheer absence of remorse. Wow! Yeah, that's, to see the power of the ring so quickly right affect Smeagol. Yeah. When, as and Chris Deagle. was saying a minute ago, and, and Deagle, yeah. like Beagle, Frodo able to hold on to this ring for years and years and years, and Smeagol and Deagle just boom instantly corrupted yeah. by the ring. Uh, Frodo and Sam are, are special little guys. Hi, Chris. <laughs> I have a question for the group. Um, Andy, real quick fact checker. I think you're the lore master here. How old is Smeagol? Is he like 600 years old? Uh, yeah. Give or take. All right. How is he so smart in this movie? Because I know the ring prolongs his life. It keeps him drawn to the madness. It, it lets him keep his facilities about him, even though he's going you know, batshit crazy. But at least he's alive and has his own autonomy. When he loses the ring, shouldn't the ring's effect start to kind of wear off? Should he not be, like, I don't know, dying? I mean, we saw Bilbo obviously gets much, much older after he stops holding onto the ring. But 
Bilbo's only so old. Schmeagol is 600 plus years old as a creature. Shouldn't he be like withered up on the side of Mount Doom at this point? I, I wonder if it's because Chris... he was so young when he got it, where it mm. prolonged him for so long that then he lost it, what, 50 years ago prior yeah. to the Lord of the Rings movies. And I don't know. I, I almost think that like it's still prolonging him. Because what is the what is the easiest way for Sauron to get the ring back? And it's through Smeagol. So I wonder if the ring is still prolonging him in some way. Hmm. Or maybe it's the madness that's been drawn to him uh, to get yeah. it back. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw an, an analogy at you, Chris. Uh, have you heard of a guy named Darth Maul? <laughs> a little bit late, more recent of a franchise, but Darth Maul. Darth Maul. I've heard of half of him. <laughs> well, Which that's half? the only half you need to know because that's the half. You know about the spider legs? Oh, who doesn't know about the spider legs? Spoilers for Clone Wars season four. Anyhow, point is his uh, his his hate, his uh, lust for power. Yeah, 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 keeps him alive and with it. I don't know. So storytelling. Smeagol has the force, the the dark side of the force. <laughs> no, Jake's just life. saying that no, a, the true. hatred kept Maul alive even after being yeah. split in half and falling Correct. through an entire nuclear reactor. <laughs> the ring is keeping Smeagol in a way, alive. I, I feel like right. the the ring, also the Gollum side of him, which I think is almost the ring itself. Right? Oh, that's interesting. And, and he keeps it. Right, he lets the uh, golem back in, and, and at the end true. of the second movie, that's I, true. I, I just feel like there's something. So maybe Smeagol is true. dying. Maybe without the, or ring. at least locked away. Or locked away, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. But he is the hero of the story. I know I say Sam's a hero, but actually, the golem best, the best the finger hero. scene of all mm. time. Mm. I love chomping fingies. I can uh, think of it. Yeah, like and then Elijah Wood, you're like, oh, scenes. I feel so bad for him. And then I was like, wait, 30 seconds ago, he tried to end humanity. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like immediately sympathy because he's like, ah, the ring is mine. It's like the first complete sentence he said in a week. The ring is mine. <laughs> uh, thank goodness for old Gollum chomping off fingers. Uh, that was a fun CGI scene where we had invisible Frodo yeah. with CGI Gollum. So oh, it's just yeah. like this weird floating CGI creature fighting nothing. I enjoyed that watching that. That held up surprisingly well. And actually, you I did. took a notice of all the special effects in this movie. Uh, I have notes, obviously, about the, the tower, the eye exploding, which looks so cool even cool. to this day. Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, riding into Minas Tirith for the first time when it's all white and gleaming, the special effects mm -hmm. look so good there. Can this I comment on that really quick, Chris? On specifically Minas Tirith? Go yeah, ahead. just that. So a big change that you see throughout the movies is I feel like they did try and like emphasize these giant, like giant spectacle of scenes when you ride yeah. up to somewhere because we see Minas Tirith and we didn't really know it at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. When Gandalf rides in and then he kind of runs, goes around. It's just, it looks like a city, right? Yeah. And then this the the spectacle the of, yeah. of of Minas Tirith, the the beaming white white city i love that keep going i was just going to say this movie has my not least favorite special effect maybe the funniest of all time the one that truly does not stand up 
you uh, probably don't know what I'm talking about. And if you're listening at uh, home, go watch. Can I, can I guess? guess? Can sure. I guess? Okay. It, uh, I, can I get two guesses? I, sure. I need to. I need to. not really how right. guessing number works, but one, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number one is Deagle holding on to the fishing pole at no. the beginning of the movie. Okay. That does look kind of lame, but... Uh, number, <laughs> <laughs> number two is when uh, the all of the orcs fall back into the depths of the earth. No, that's just badass. What are you talking about? All right. All right. Yeah, I lose. I, I, yeah. Everyone, including the, <laughs> the scene, go look at it afterwards. Oh, yes. all, the Krupla and the Hoopla audience is Frodo running into the entrance of Mount Doom. It's just oh, a, it's a second and a half yeah. of yeah. some of the You're worst right. special effects that yeah. I cannot believe made really? it to wax. It it just huh. looks so silly, and Mount Doom itself looks so freaking cool. But there's just something about is it the, the way he the, runs. It's like the diagonal. Yeah, yeah. it's like running. It's, 90s, it's like the panoramic <laughs> transition yes. angle. Hmm. Yeah, where. <laughs> His steps, like he'll take a step, but then his foot will like glide and he'll take another step. <laughs> yeah. It looks like yeah. in a video game where if it you're does. strafing but also moving forward, it looks it like does. you're running diagonal and you don't really yeah. move your body. It's very you're funny. Absolutely Go look correct. At, we'll get a clip out. Uh, uh, but yep. That's that's the funniest to me. But everything else holds up really well. Obviously, we can talk uh, at ad nauseum about the prosthetics, the actual live acting all the props used for for all of the the actual fighting that was done uh, some cgi magic certainly it's not like they had thousands and thousands of people out there but they did have hundreds and hundreds of people out there yeah mm. incredible battle scenes do you think that the battle of minas tirith was better than the battle of helm's deep what are our, no. what are our thoughts there by by sheer level of the multitude of elements that they had in Minas Tirith, I'm going to say yes. Okay. So yeah. I think what they're... were some of those elements that you liked the most, Jakey? They just Question. had everything. I was, I was ranting on it earlier. They literally incorporated every like fantasy being into a single battle scene. And also the thing that was pretty great about the battle of Minas Tirith is there was always moments of back and forth <laughs> Yeah, in which, like, yeah, there was great fluctuation between. So you had the orcs, then they, you know, they're being held at Minas Tirith. Then they break through with Grog. Gro Gro yeah, Grog. Gro Gro which I don't know how Gro they didn't see Grog. Gro it's like the biggest Gro battering Gro ram in all <laughs> yeah. of like Middle Earth. But anyhow, so that happens. Then the the Riders of Rohan show up. Oh wait, then but wait before the that. Before that, Jake. One hmm. of my favorite small moments. Once again, you have some breathing in the middle of these epic battles where Gandalf is sitting with Pippin and they're banging out the door for the inner keep mm. and they're about to mm. take out all of Minas Tirith. And uh, uh, Pippin says, what Gandalf, what happens after death? Oh, and he yeah. says, the white shores, white shores. It's not the end here. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a, like mm -hmm. such a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. And then bam, the you hear the horn, right? It was like some sometime around then. Um, and then the music goes, then is into the West. It's a theatrical version, yeah, yeah. slow kind of uh, 
uh, strings version of Into the West. You hear it in the background. It's your first little tease of the of the movie's climax or the movie's conclusion. And such a cool. That's one of my favorite favorite little scenes. I'm glad you brought it up. It's oh, beautiful. That's another cry scene right there. Just a quick little cry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, by the well, way, how about uh, you see the Witch King of Angmar with this sword that catches on yeah. fire. And then he's like yeah. wizard and he blows up his staff. And I don't know how he did that, but that was pretty cool too. Yeah, he cast that a booming blade. Wild. That's how he that, did that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that was a natural 20. Um, Can you break it down for us again, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't much D&D there going on. Gandalf uh, just gets waxed. It's a total party kill. <laughs> and then Jake, and then Jake, to your point, then you hear, ooh, you hear the, the horns of mm-hmm. uh, Rohan. And then one of the best uh inspirational uh heroic uh moments of uh of the king of Edoras running across with his sword mm. right now right now for some all-time now, great okay, actually, pre-fight yeah, beaches we get in I, I, I want to i want to mention something i learned something in this this rewatch okay, we promote learning yes i have never uh had subtitles okay and i did not know they were saying death i learned that same thing today. oh really <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Really? okay well, i thought I they were just screaming i thought they were yelling ah. yeah i never knew it was death really and, and when i when i learned they were yelling death that's even more epic like yes. that is yeah. incredible even mary is yelling to death i ride and it doesn't matter because he's trying to save middle earth and that's why this movie is so epic mm-hmm it's incredible. This movie, Return of the King, and we have barely yeah, talked about the king yeah. at all. We need to do mm. a little Aragorn talk Absolutely. Uh, which is why I was bringing up the pre-battle speeches, because that speech he gives at the gates of Mordor. Oh, oh it's oh. almost like that's going to be Not my... this day. <laughs> might be my ending. Yeah. A quote? <laughs> it might be my ending okay. quote. <laughs> Well, then Mm. I won't spoil it. Also, I don't remember the quote, but I just remember the feeling that he instilled in me as I was watching that. I got to go buy a new TV because I ran through my fucking TV (laughs) when they started charging. I stood up and I just blasted forward. What an incredible speech, knowing that they're all going to die, face this Mm -hmm. unbeatable enemy with just the glimmer of hope that maybe this will allow Frodo to succeed in his quest. Mm. My God. And, and, my, and my desktop background, as he's oh, looking God. backwards, <laughs> he's looking back and he says, for Frodo. And then the two hobbits yell, for Frodo, followed by <laughs> Gandalf, followed by mm. everyone to their yeah. death, yeah. just it's for dope. Frodo. That is the fact that we get the fellowship the hobbits back running first is one of my favorite shots of this yeah. movie is the yeah. little tiny hobbits running first showing that these these little guys they were kind of afraid at the beginning of this adventure hmm. and now they are the bravest of all this all the men this whole army of men behind them they're brave they're brave of course they're ready to go fight to the death but these two little hobbits are the bravest among them ready to give their lives for Frodo and Sam even though they're physically incapable of contributing to this battle as immediately they get overrun by all the the rest of the men so you see them lead the charge and then immediately Mm. get overtaken i love that and which which one of them is leading jim 
Uh, I would say Mary <laughs> and or Pippin. <laughs> That's actually a good question. Who who is kind of in front there? Are they just kind of side by side? I, one of them's kind of. I think it's Mary probably, because probably Mary. of his I, recent tribulations with with Eowyn and everything. Mm-hmm. And we are not getting out of this without talking about Eowyn more. Oh but, yeah, for but sure. Let's talk about I also Aragorn yep, for yep. a second. I I also. Uh, want to talk about how you know the buildup prior to that that dart towards the orc army uh absolutely wonderful when we see the messenger the blind messenger that has an extreme the amount Sauron. of Sauron. Uh, I yeah, love that ex- scene. yeah horrible periodontal disease um <laughs> get that. Well, that must have been uh, a nightmare for our resident the, dentist <laughs> <laughs> when aragorn chops off his head that was such uh, fire like yes what a way to inspire and galvanize the troops than by literally having zero negotiations it's this is what freaking 300 did with with the spartans same mm-hmm. exact yeah, deal yeah i mean it's 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 textbook it's textbook yeah i i that is a kingly moment a, a moment of leaders certainly and this is this is after he gets the sword and dons the armor and mm. leads the army. I mean, mm. these are all kingly attributes. And at the start of this movie, he's done nothing, nothing to try and contribute to his legacy. And over the course of just one movie, we've seen him for two movies be a hero, but we have not even seen him glimpse the thought of being a king. Mm-hmm. So the fact, I know the movie's called Return of the King, but the fact that they can take his overarching character development and then also have this mini story of him coming to terms with him acknowledging his lineage and acknowledging how to be a king and what it means to be a leader of people is such excellent storytelling. Not only to have that one, two, three of Aragorn being some shady guy, a ranger that takes jobs when he can and helps people when he must, to being that king. And then also the little arc that we have within this one movie. It's just masterful character development and he's just he's so freaking cool well, and i i love the way he's that cool. he actually no. confronts the the enemy of his of his line yeah. right like the ultimate en- enemy which we'll see a lot here in uh, rings of power season two i hope it's good please oh, be yeah. good the traitors of men uh just being able to see how he takes the palantir and he looks Sauron in the eye and he shows him the the blade that cut the ring from his finger. And then he's also the one that cuts off the mouth of Sauron and uh, at the front of the gate and then leads the army. And it's just it's super heroic. And I like the ending, too. Some people don't love the ending of Return of the King. I get that you, maybe it's mm. slow in some ways, but to me, it is a perfect like ending to such a grand 13 year period right with him donning you know becoming the king and we don't need to talk about the ending just yet of back. who doesn't like that I, people think I it's just, long just it's long it's long to i some... just want to talk to him i just want to talk get him chris get him chris <laughs> but yeah let tell him how boring the rest of the movie is they must love the ending <laughs> also that song beautiful lyrics from Tolkien, it's written. He he writes the song in the oh, books, that he sings? and he sings it, and supposedly he makes the tune. Okay, so I appreciate that from uh, Viggo Mortensen. I actually have a small plot point gripe. Oh no, with that okay. particular scene. Okay, if we want to talk about it, sure, now. sure. I just think 
it's somewhat hilarious that he gives this great speech about this day is not just for one man. It is for all men. The fourth age has begun. Uh, we've driven back the orcs. The now bow down to me. It is all about the men now. That's, it's, the, it's the dawn of the man. And then immediately sings a victory song in, in this ancient elvish language. <laughs> yeah. Of the people that are funny. leaving Middle-earth and have did almost nothing. The almost common nothing man help. does not get yeah. anything. That's what I'm saying. All those people that just survived war are up there like, why is this guy singing in freaking elvish? What's going on? <laughs> and then he has everybody bow down to these hobbits. They're not men either. Well, oh, come on. Gosh, I, lo- I, lo- I, I love that scene so much. Oh my yeah, gosh. That is a you beautiful no scene. You bow yeah. to no one. That is a oh, beautiful scene. You're not crying. Scene. You're not trying. That's in that scene. That's just <laughs> he bows. Like the last Arwen bows the new queen, right? And then you, the, mm. the whole, um, and the thing about the beauty of that is no one in the Shire will ever know other than Rosie. Right. Of all the, the trials and tribulations these hobbits have been through. Each right. individually, it's not just Sam and Frodo, like like Jamie talked about, like Marion Pippin are the heroes of Middle Earth, right? So when they're 13 months to the day and they're riding on horseback back to the mm. Shire, I've never realized and never put two and two together. They pass that grumpy old man that's sweeping his porch. Oh, yeah. It's the same guy that sold out the Bagginses when the uh, oh, the Dark yeah. Riders were coming for them the first mm. time. He was oh, like, and oh, he's Baggins like, that, 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 that way. Yeah. Baggins? Yeah, Shire, and and yeah, he's. Uh, I, I made that connection today. Um, that okay, I, I'll I'll stop talking. <laughs> Please say your pieces on Aragorn. I know you have more to say, but we we need oh. to talk about Eowyn, and I have mm. the perfect transition from Aragorn to Eowyn when we're ready for it. Oh, we're ready. Well, no, I don't think we're ready yet because I do. Want to, <laughs> we, we didn't. We haven't talked about. I mean, we we briefly talked about the undead, but how? <laughs> spectacular was the execution of the undead sequences very that, cool. in in mm. uh this could have come off soup really cheesy right uh mm-hmm. and actually in the extended i do think it's a little odd when all the like skulls are fall like kind of falling down on it so. where were the yeah. other bones no femurs i didn't get that as much but but the way that that sequence progresses <laughs> and it's actually pretty quick right from when they yeah. go into the mountain when he when uh they lock the door behind him right and also i do love the gimli moment where he's blowing away the the hand yeah, yeah. um by the way just shout out I've to seen the day uh, where an elf will go underground but a dwarf will not a shout out to <laughs> the uh the the return of the king playstation Two game. That's that. Oh that's my that God. was such a good, so good. the replayability. Um, oh, uh, Dimholt. But Dimholt, by the Dim, way, Dimholt. Um, but also, <laughs> I just love how they the the way that this visual effects work with uh, when they come out of their homes and it's built up and it's actually human civilization and and you look across every one of the 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 undead and they're just decayed humans yeah. um it just looks really good i i that could have not worked but i i i thought it was just really well executed stacking on top of that which also could definitely not have worked but also worked out kind of successfully was the fact that it totally seemed like that entire scene was futile and for for nothing yeah all for none but then they leave the cave mm-hmm. and they're 
they're approached by the ghost king yet again. And then he's like, okay, we will fight for you. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how they were able to somehow remedy that. Cause it could have been a total disaster, but it somehow worked successfully. And I, I was, yeah, I mean, that was, I wonder if they had more scenes for that. It was a really strange editing. Why right. the skulls at first at all? Like, were they trying to kill the king? Like, like, oh, we don't, we don't want to fulfill our oath. We're cool. How about you just die in this pit with a bunch of skulls? And then, right. like, was that was that a was that a trial? Could only the king of of men do that? I I, I don't know. You're right, Jake. That was a, that is a very mm -hmm. strange. I'm, thing. I'm glad they cut that for the theatrical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the skull mm -hmm. scene makes little to no sense. And it kind of makes it yeah. more climactic when it's like it ends with "What say you?" And then yeah. the next time you really see them is when they bust off of the Corsair ships and just take out the whole army. So it gives a little bit mm. more to like right. uh, to guess what what's going to happen. Right. What an incredible shot when they bust out of the ships oh, and Aragorn's just so standing sick. there, staring down the enemy. It's poster, knowing hey, what's again, coming as usual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the the. So I love that orc. that orc. Yes, there, he says there's so knife cool. work to be done. That's so, so badass. Also, the <laughs> I, I'm talking about the orcs really quickly. I love the different commanders of the orc army. That main commander mm. that's in Osgiliath that kills Faramir's captain, as well as like yeah, he steps aside. Yeah, yeah. That I the design once again. Rings of Power has brought the orcs back in a way that r reminds me of this movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, the I'm... attention to detail with costume design is also something that we overlook when we talk about Lord of the Rings, but man, it cannot be neglected because it is just it's it's the paramount. It's it's the right. precipice of of costume design. I mean, it's so good. Now, I don't think we've talked much about Rings of Power in this review so much yet. And and quick roundtable discussion do we think the the men of the mountains, the Oathbreakers, are at all going to be involved with Rings of Power? Absolutely. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, oh. no, no, they will be. But unfortunately, okay. my initial theory was Hallbrand was the the leader of oh, the, uh, the men right. of the mountains. Oh. So I remember that being spoilers. He may not be. He's not. Well, he, spoilers he's not. for Rings of Power season one, right? Now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We he's still. Not. Um, he's not. By see... the way, he's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you haven't watched Rings of Power, I thought that go... was a good theory. Come on, yeah. listen to our yeah. great, it's a great, great theory. theory. We still have to look forward to in Rings of Power the men who become the Ringwraiths and yes. the men who become the ghosts. We've probably already met at least one of those characters. Um, mm. The child is one of them. Who is mm. he going to be? I was we'll thinking see. that too, yeah. But mm. he's certainly going to be one of them. Well, that's enough about Rings of Power. That's that's months away. Tune in for sure. the Hoopla podcast about the Rings of Power Season 2 coming this summer. And what's your transition but, for Eowyn? Well, I, I, you've now given me another transition. Eowyn, as a character, really comes alive in this third film. And for good reason. I just... I have not read the Lord of the Rings trilogy uh, in book form. It's one of my few regrets in terms of being a nerd. I'm going to get to it, I promise you. Andy Serkis uh, audiobook. 
that maybe that maybe i got oh, very good read it like a man <laughs> i do have it downstairs i have the i need you to hear any circus but... sing about tom bombadil i play that Ooh. as my uh, going to sleep music anyway so i've i've definitely heard it before but uh, <laughs> I, I need to read them and i will i just is i mean obviously I, I am no man that's a huge plot point for the film uh anyone that says it's like cheesy or like technicality like who cares that's story writing whatever but is is Eowyn as as strong a character in the book as she is in this film? That's a good question, Jamie. I'm asking the only reader, I think. <laughs> wow, Andy, you haven't read it. I am halfway. Are you just displaying it? No, I am displaying because I'm halfway through it. I am about three fourths oh, way through two. I, I am. I'm about three fourths <laughs> way through two towers. Just past March oh, of the Ends, by God. the way. Yeah. So nice. I haven't. I, haven't um, read I don't. You know, it's been a few years since I've read it, and I don't remember Eowyn having much of an impact on me in the story, in the book, as much as she does in the movie. I think they focus on her in very special ways in the mm -hmm. movie, and they have those scenes, those dream sequences between Eowyn and Aragorn, and those private conversations between Eowyn and Elrond that I think really make her character strong in the, in this movie specifically, and. I mean, she's a good character in the books, if I remember correctly, but I, she didn't leave a lasting impact on me from reading the book. At least in Two Towers, mm -hmm. I feel like they really heighten Aomer's character, played by Carl Urban here. Yeah, um, that's true. Also, Hell Carl yeah. Urban the is boys. very cool, and he's cool in this movie, too. Oh, man. <laughs> speaking of Carl Urban, speaking of this summer, The Boys, oh, season boys. four. Just got oh, announced. Oh, my God. <laughs> is it June 13th yet? Okay, please proceed with um, Lord of the Rings. Well, so, Eowyn, when uh, early on, before they even leave, uh, you know, uh, 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 before they leave Rohan, what's that called? Adoras. Adoras, yeah. Uh, she's taking that nap, just kind of in the after the party in, in oh, the yes. of the mess hall. Oh my gosh, I picked up on that too. I, and she I love has it. a dream yeah. about a great wave and a great light behind her, but she can't turn around. That yes. to me is screaming rings of power. Obviously, we know the mm. fall of Numenor, the great wave, mm. light, all of those things. Now, why is Eowyn having that dream? Okay, I looked, I looked this one up though. Did you? I, I did. So Eowyn... Mm. Ancestry goes back to the Numenorians, and oh. the Numenorians have uh, the ability of foresight. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what the queen of Numenor and Rings of Power, she keeps dreaming about the wave. And mm -hmm. in the books, it's not Eowyn. It's actually Faramir. Is it? Yeah, that has a dream of, of the, the, the wave. Um, but it is, it's of a foresight of, I guess, in the movies of the impending doom of, mm. uh, of, of men, which I think is mm. such an awesome small callback, but it's, it just seems like, oh, she's scared before a battle, but it's also uh, a connection with the lore of, of, of middle earth too. I, those are the small moments I yeah. think they do really well. Well, she is scared of battle, but she goes to battle anyways. And I, I just I want to make it a point during our recording here to say that I, I I never really 
took Eowyn for granted, I guess. I mean, I understand that she's really important. She kills the Witch King of Agmar. That's such a cool scene on its mm -hmm. own. But even the smaller scenes, when she's uh, uh, fitting uh, Mary for his yeah. armor yeah. and tells him, you know, he won't kill many orcs with a dull sword off to the smithy with you. And then right after that, uh, we're talking about Carl Urban's character. It, he mm -hmm. says, you shouldn't encourage him. War is the province of men, which is huge foreshadowing, by the way. But even then, she's like, well, you should you should have heart. You should have courage. Why not? And she's the one that, you know, disobeys her father's order. She wants to go out and fight. I, I, I Take for granted is the wrong word. I guess here's it is. I never appreciated how good of a character she was, especially with Miranda Otto's acting mm -hmm. involved there. And, uh, and, and also, to take this in a bit of a humorous way, I think – Sadly, she's in love with Aragorn, right? I mean, who isn't? But <laughs> Aragorn, masterclass in letting a girl down easy. There's that one scene. Oh, one no. scene when she's when Aragorn's about to go through the, the mountain pass to Dimholt, and she's like, You can't leave now. What are you doing? We have a battle tomorrow. Yeah. And he's and he's like, Why are you awake? What are you doing? Go to bed. And she's like, do you not know? <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, she's in love with me. I get it. I'm, I'm hot. I get it. I'm Strider, <laughs> the writer from the North. And he, he masterclass, just perfect execution here. He touches her face, goes, uh, everything you ever thought about with me is but a shadow of a thought and not Oof. real. It is but a dream. And then goes, I have wished you joy since I first saw you. Yeah. And what's <laughs> Damn, incredible? Yeah. And she's left to her own devices. Ruthless. Poor she's like, Eowyn. Damn, get, um, she becomes a ghost. Up. He straight up murdered her <laughs> in that moment. She, I think, mm. she channels that into the rage of 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 going into battle and fighting. And, and uh, just, <laughs> I am no man. God. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, a woman's Ooh. hell have no fury like a woman scorned. Uh, but uh, bigger, bigger moments than that. Uh, talking with her father, I think her, she is kind of the underlying reason why her father even decides to answer the beacons. I mean, he's very against it. Where was Gondor? Where was Gondor? But once the beacons are lit, Uncle. she sees she sees Eowyn, you know, is hoping that he'll make the right decision. I think that's when he says, and Rohan will answer. And And I think she is such a big part in the third act of this trilogy when in the second act i really just kind of a mm -hmm. maybe casual love interest not much to do mm -hmm. and then they just take that and just exponentially multiply it it's it's really great to see here and and no though the movie does not pass the bechdel test uh it is a mm. very strong female character and and it's a great thing to see absolutely um i did uh describe arwen a minute ago as i was talking about mm. Eowyn. So, i was wondering oh, if, yeah, the dream sequences i yeah. don't uh know any characters names apparently <laughs> mary Pippin, they're the same hey, arwen Eowyn, what, they're a, the what same. about faramir boromir they're the same they do there are um, a decent amount of names question jamie jamie what about arwen though like there's not much of arwen in really any of these movies i i mean they, they there's the you know the few scenes that are taught that are really with Elrond kind of reforging the blade, yeah. kind of giving some history to the elves. But overall, um, and you know she's not a big character at least in the first uh, in Fellowship or halfway through. Well, she saves hours in the books. Um, no, you're talking yeah, about she doesn't show up. 
Oh, it um, is Galadriel. Yeah. But yeah, she's a, she's an interesting character that kind of just like pops in to say, oh, there's still elves around other than Legolas. Yeah. I think she she serves a, a, a beautiful purpose in this story to, uh, you know, just enhance the, the, like you were saying, the elves have now left Middle mm-hmm. Earth, right? Mm-hmm. They are gone. The, the age of men is rising. And to show that there is some connection between the men and the elves and the, I don't know what I'm saying. I I'm I'm flustered, man. It's okay. I got Arwen and Arwen Aaron and Aowen. And they're both. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking You're gonna be roasted online. Yeah, today. I'm, I'm gonna fucking... roast you. Uh, Can we delete not... this episode, please? <laughs> Arwen's well, not in the movie except for the very beginning when she makes the decision to stay, mm-hmm. and then of course the end, the romantic scene. Uh, yeah. Funny enough, and the, this movie... the sword reforging scene. Well, true. That's a very well, good point. Yeah, Narsil. Uh, she Liv Tyler gets the third credit in the main on end oh. here for this film. And to, to then see the likes of Carl Urban and Orlando Bloom and Sean Astin follow her, which is pretty funny. Uh, but obviously Liv Tyler, fantastic and amazing. But yeah. it's mm. just kind of, I mean, that's it. Since we're talking about how little she is in this third film, it's funny that she gets the third credit. All right. I think we, Oh, Jake, go, Jake, yeah, I, was, I was gonna, I was gonna mention, no, she, in a sense, she does save Frodo in, in Fellowship because she cascades the, oh, the horses yes, down, yes. down the river. I thought oh, yeah. you were talking about the, the, the starlight saving him from Shelob. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Um, she does. But what she I does. will say is, you know, the diversity of this cast isn't very extensive yeah <laughs> um, all of that to say the the three prominent female roles galadriel arwen and eowyn yeah have such a significance in this film and it's absolutely wonderful how eowyn is the one to kill the witch yeah mm. like i i think that speaks such volumes i mean you could cast a, a million different people but i think the sheer uh level of of focus that it has on that moment really like sets sets her apart and just you know she feels I, kind I of inspiring uh, over the two films she does feel kind of relatable though as a right? as a character right. and you almost grow with her and then she grows into finally becoming the leader um you know of rohan that she showed she was into towers right. uh leading the people away from the 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 dogs right and 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 leading the the, the families um mm-hmm. i yeah yeah i think that's, that's a cool. great point great yeah. point jake yeah and yeah pretty messed you know. up that you didn't include shelob in the four <laughs> main female characters but that's uh, and also gets who, who would we her, kick out? She gets her fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. uh, she does marry Fairmore, and they have a kid, and it's love at first sight for for. I Aowen. was like, wait, Faramir and Shelob? Oh no, no, Faramir <laughs> no, and Eowyn. Yeah, it's it's Aowen really it's still barely <laughs> explored in the film. There's this the fifty second cut scene where they meet in the House of Healing after both of them were. Oh yeah. In battle yeah really weird uh, yeah i i think they didn't yeah. finish that like i think that yeah. would there would have been a lot more to those sequences if they were going to put it in the final theatrical right time. because it, i it really feels like they just cut into that house of healing but then mary's or no pippin is still walking around the yeah. field even though she's fine yeah. she looks like she's been healing for two weeks yeah, you know, like there's, yeah, some, right, there's something yeah. going on there. It was, that was weird. Yeah. That was weird. Good call on that cutting that weird. one. 
but you know, true love is always out there. And then, of course, at the end of the movie, we get yeah. Frodo, Sam, <sighs> Mary, and Pippin back in the Shire, where they realize that they don't it's, necessarily it's fit in. They can't go back to the life that they had before. They have seen too much. They've gone through too many adventures and seen the worst and the best of the world. And now they're back in the Shire, which is just a small, simple town of people living simple lives and finding joy in the little things. And it's a little hard for Frodo specifically to find the same joy that the rest of them have. A really powerful scene. And I think as we were talking about the other day, um, J.R. Tolkien says that he didn't base this stories on the war, right. the, mm -hmm. the real word, real world wars. Um, That's but, I mean, person. there's there's a lot in the here. Real world world wars. <laughs> <laughs> Say that seven times fast. There's a lot here with you know soldiers returning from war, coming home as True. completely changed yeah. people, and not quite fitting in to the lives that they had before the lives that they fought so hard to save. They risked and sacrificed their lives for what was left back at home. And now they no longer fit in with the home they have. Yeah. Devastating. I love but, that. Go ahead. Oh, I, well, I think we're probably going to say the same thing. They are at the bar and at, at the, uh, by the green dragon. And, uh, they're sitting there and yeah, merriment all around them. They, you know, they cheers to their, the struggle of 13, mm -hmm. 13 months. And then Sam, the, the one thing, right. He, he would have married her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, you know what? I, I got two swords and I took down orcs. I can do this. And he yeah. drinks his beer and he, the liquid courage. And then he, uh, goes and and gets Rosie. I love that. That that's yeah. a that's a cool moment. It's great. It's beautiful. It's uh, a little different than the ending of the book we get. Which not to spoil oh. it for those of you who are still do. need to read this is it. Good. This is oh. good. Um, but the Shire actually gets kind of uh, destroyed. Oh partially. yeah, it gets oh, in the way messed sad. up. Yeah, and so Aww. Saruman makes Rather... his way there, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Rather than dying on a spike, <laughs> he <laughs> Saruman and Wormtongue make their way to the Shire, and uh, that's where they have another encounter where they're finally defeated again, and it, all that stuff happens. So a little bit different of an ending in the movies than in the books, oh. but I think it worked out very i think it worked out really well for the story that they were telling yeah. in these movies to have right. the shire still remain this this sanctuary like idealistic, away from uh, all the uh, right i love sanctuary how... of like hope and whimsical jovial life like yeah yeah yeah, yeah jake you're right I, I i they they return and and they're all sitting at the bar and they all just put on this grand adventure but when when sam finally drinks it and stands up to talk to rosie they're all like Oh, oh shit! He's gonna do it. He's gonna talk to a girl. Six months ago, they and were they're all gonna laugh with... like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frodo loves laughing. Like, oh, he's talking <laughs> he to Rosie. It's the most interesting thing laughing. that's happened yeah. since we got yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, does the uh, um, 
Uh, is the Grey Haven scene the same in the book? As we come to a close the, here, the the rings, the remaining Elven rings, uh, go off at the at the yes. port city. Let's okay. say yes. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But hey, one other thing that I do really appreciate is, and they do it in in the Hobbit trilogy too. But I really appreciate how it's all about you know there and back again, and then it's about Lord of the Lord of the Rings, and it's like the continuation of like here's actually. The the story was all a narration from these from these two hobbits, right? Um, and you know, finishing that off. First of all, we all love maps, so you know they're drawing maps in mm. there uh, of Middle mm. Earth. But you know, when we're when they they go off, and when he hands that book back to Sam, and they cry a lot, and honestly, I cry with them because that's a really emotional moment. Absolutely, over two, extremely over three, emotional. Three movies that are pretty long but in terms of how much content we get nowadays of hours and hours and hours of different tv series these three movies together are just so impactful and so emotional um mm -hmm. that that's just a great send-off like it's yeah. a perfect ending uh to the trilogy mm -hmm. and this is a perfect ending to the episode so <laughs> thank you all for tuning into this episode of the hoopla podcast we of course Still need to give it the Hoopla official oh. ratings. I already gave mine a perfect 111 out of 111 Hooplas for The Return of the King. So let's see what the other guys are thinking. Jake Laxer, our resident ghost. Ooh. How are you going to rate this film? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to give this a 109 out of 111 Hooplas. Uh, hoopla. The grandeur of this movie is just absolutely marvelous. Uh, Eye-catching from the the opening scene till the till the credits roll. I mean, I love the music. I love yeah. the storytelling. I love the the battles. I love uh, the sheer inner struggles that Sam and Frodo and Gollum all experience together. I mean, everything about this is just a work and a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, honestly, it's it's it deserves the eleven Oscars. So one oh nine for me because uh, you know we have the uh, Frodo running into Mount Doom ice skating scene. <laughs> we have uh, Deagle holding onto the fishing rod. Dock yeah, a point. <laughs> point. And so that's what we end up at one oh nine, and it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, all that to perfect. say, great films. Uh, and I'm gonna go watch them again. I hope you do. And Chris, the last time. That, well, hopefully this will be the last time you watch this trilogy without having read the book. So yeah. from the perspective of someone who has only seen the movies, how are you going to rate Return of the King? I'm joining your camp, Jamie, on this one. I think this is a perfect film. Oh, I'm, I'm wow. giving it the full 111 out of 111. Now I'll say this. Oh my I, God. It's not my personal favorite movie of all time. Obviously there are, things that people you know they they see movies at the right time they stick with them uh well, we can have another podcast about that for future in the day it's similar to andy's last samurai i mean it, maybe that's his favorite movie even if this movie the return of the king is to use a technicality here return of the king is the best movie ever made what i mean by that is that the time the effort the the, the research the everything from the from the top build actors all the way down to the location scouting the props department 
the the special effects that still hold up 20 25 plus years later this might be the mm. best movie <laughs> ever made made crafted delivered to an audience i i think that <laughs> might hold true and still holds true for a long long time uh it's not my personal favorite movie it's definitely top three uh but it, it is it is a perfect movie a i'm gonna give it 11 out of 11 movie incredible jake did you have a comment on like movie ever made but it will just well you said the special effects held up okay okay. (laughs) i'm sorry i forgot to dock the point for the the weird okay still the best movie ever made but in chris's hierarchy it just not has not quite reached the level of flubber so andy (laughs) what did you think flubber was a really important time for me okay I mean, I like that little robot. R.I.P. Hey, there's there's a few preeminent fantasy, you know, series to me. And uh, for me, my favorite characters in fantasy, I mean, you got like Luke Skywalker. And then there's Gandalf. And then there's Aragorn. And then there's Sam. And that's what this movie is. It's the these there's so many and we've already talked about all the different great battle scenes and, all you know, the spectacle, but it's so inspirational mm. uh, at so many different points. And it uh, the joy that I just get from watching this movie, uh, I do think it's my favorite out of the three. It is my second favorite movie overall. Some days it might be number one, depending on, you know, Saturday night, you just turn it on and you just watch. I was just going to watch a few scenes and then I watched a four and a half hour movie and I didn't even oh, yeah. realize I did. Whoopsies. It's the quickest oh. four and a half hour movie <laughs> of all time. There, there's a there's a handful of movies out there that are channel flipping must stops. Yes. This is absolutely yes. one of them. Mm. Uh, Flubber. <laughs> <laughs> the first Ghostbuster. <laughs> And you know what? I, I, I one thing we didn't really mention that I really love is the ending on Mountain Doom as the 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 lava is is coming out of the the mountain and they're laying there and they just they talk about you know I don't uh, he doesn't remember like what water the taste even though he did have water a few scenes ago he doesn't he doesn't know what it tastes like he doesn't know and he I uh, oh I, yeah. Sorry, I gotta Uh-oh. change my rating. Uh-oh. 108. Oh, there's a few drops left. Have my water, Mr. Frodo. Frodo proceeds to waste half of the entire oh, yeah. 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 The ring made him do it, all That's right? That's true. Give him, but give him a freaking the, break. I, I love that ending <laughs> for the actual series of them walking for 13 months, and they're laying there. And you know what is better than the Hobbit Eagles, the Lord of the Rings Eagles. I love Let's as go. they're swooping in and they 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 pick up the the Hobbits, um, and then you just go into the masterful ending. I don't know. I I could talk just ramble about this movie for hours and hours, and I'm going to give it a le- eleven one. Let's go. Let's go. Beautiful. If the emperor in the throne room scene was in this movie, then it would be an actual perfect movie and be my number one favorite movie of all time. But alas, it's not, it does not have that. Incredible. It is, without a doubt, objectively, in my subjective opinion, mm. the greatest fantasy story ever written. I've said that many times, and I'll continue to say that until I'm proven wrong. There's a lot of great fantasy stories out there, but the this is a, a single contained story. They all came story. from Tolkien. 
that includes yeah. everything you could ever want in an adventure, in a story about love and the fight against good and evil. It has everything you need in a beautiful story. Um, and no one will ever beat it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's true. Thank that's you, J.R.R. Tolkien, for... Whoa, I can't say his name right. J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien, thank you for writing such a beautiful story and leading to a world of fantasy with thousands and thousands of fantasy stories being written mm -hmm. based on your beautiful world of Middle Earth. And uh, Dungeons and Dragons wouldn't exist without it, so thanks for that. Also. also, thank you, Peter Jackson. Mm for executing yeah. on that vision in these three the, movies. The it's impossible incredible. task. The yeah. impossible task. And he yeah. decided to take it on. So and... almost more impossible than dropping a ring in a fiery volcano. <gasps> <laughs> wow. wow. And with that, we will bring it to the end of this episode of Hobbit Hoopla. So thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. We've got all sorts of movies and TV shows that we'll be discussing. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with what we're doing. And as we end every episode, it is time for the moment of highest hoopla, the quote <laughs> of the movie. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men. Of the West. Hoopla! Hoopla! <laughs> I love how Chris dropped his score for every deciliter wasted. <laughs> deciliter? Yeah, it was like wow. three deciliters.